Now, what are you watching? What are you guys watching? What are you watching? What are you watching, guys? What's this show? Is it new? What is this show? What are you watching? What are you watching? What are you watching? Okay, that's it. That's enough screen time, people. Let's all take a 10-minute break. No more TV. Turn it off now. Welcome back to a spooky edition of Screen Time is Cancelled. <laughs> it's spooky month. It is. I'm scared. I'm scared right now. I'm very scared. I did not realize there was a ghost in the studio with us. <laughs> I'm sorry if I was too spooky. And I'm Andy. <laughs> and in honor of arguably the best month of the year easily the spookiest month of the year. easily (laughs) we decided to go the spooky route Mm -hmm. the spoopy route if you will and watch vampirina the spookiest show we could find on disney plus at short notice (laughs) so is it is it vampirina is it vampirina vampirina how do you say it i think it's wampirina (laughs) (laughs) wampirina Is that it? Did I get it? Yes. Nailed it. That was a good Transylvanian accent you got there. Thank you. I've watched, speaking of accents. (laughs) I've watched a show about. I've watched watched this and Transylvania 65,000 or (laughs) 65,000. So I'm pretty. Which is an amazing, terrible, terrible, amazing movie from the 80s with Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) His twin sister. His twin sister. (laughs) Jeff Goldblum in a wig. Oh my god, I would absolutely expect that from him. When you've got a movie and you sign Jeff Goldblum, but you don't have the budget anymore, he just puts on a wig so you can't legally say it's Jeff Goldblum anymore. You still get a good performance, it's but... It's like, that's where Tilda Swinton got the idea for just playing a man oh, and for pretending her... that she was a completely different actor. Yeah, what except... What movie was that? Uh, the, the Suspiria remake. Right. Where she pretended that she was a uh, a male doctor from Germany that got hired on for the part. Yeah. That was amazing. And it was all pioneered by Jeff Goldblum in a wig. Yep. <laughs> oh, I wish we'd watched that now. <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate for children. I also don't think it's real. Oh, I thought you meant Transylvania 65000. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Jeff Goldblum in a wig wasn't appropriate for children. <laughs> he's just too sexy. Even in the wig, it's just too much for children. He, he's still He still lies on his side with his shirt open, regardless of the fact that he's supposed to be dressed with a, like a woman. No other part of his outfit has changed. It's just the wig <laughs> and then Ian Malcolm the rest of the way. I love it. We watched Vampirina, yeah. which yeah. is available on Disney Plus if you got that. It, it's a show about a vampire family that moves from Transylvania to Philadelphia. Because they both have Ia at the end. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> it's the closest we have in America to a spooky town. <laughs> sort of. Oh, and actually... I Wait, we talked me. about this on the last podcast. That's patently untrue. It's Salem. Salem is the closest <laughs> place we have. Wait, when did we talk about this? We were... Oh, no, maybe it was... It was Super Wings. Oh, Remember, because yes. they were talking, he was flying to some spooky town, and it was not Salem. Yes, oh, that's we right. Got real mad. <laughs> <laughs> they went to Sleepy Hollow. Or wherever, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sleepy wherever Hollow. that was. Salem is the spookiest town. Um, prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Come at us with your spookier towns. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not anywhere in Philadelphia. <laughs> I actually don't know anything about Philadelphia. Yeah, me either. It could be really. It's, Philly cheesesteak. That's that, not spooky. It's it, delicious. Is Hershey near there? It's in Pennsylvania. I do not know where it is in relation to Philadelphia. Yeah, living on the East Coast. Is Hershey spooky? Why are you asking? It's pretty spooky chocolate. (laughs) Have you ever had other chocolate? Yeah, most chocolate is better than Hershey's. Also, prove me wrong. You take a bite and you're like, whoo, spooky. Somebody thought they were making chocolate, but didn't. And that's the spookiest thing of all is the lies we tell ourselves (laughs) about our chocolate making abilities. (laughs) Did you know that Vampirina, trying to circle it yeah, back yeah, yeah. was good, good um rain it in thanks it was created by the same person who created doc mcstuffins i am not surprised in the least the art is very similar now here's the something style is very similar that will blow your mind because it blew my mind when i found out about it and then i forgot about it while we was while we was watching it <laughs> and then i yeah. remembered again and it blew my mind a second time do you know who does the voices of vampirina's parents you know, they sounded familiar. I wanted to say I recognized the dad's voice, but then I was like, oh, anybody can do that dad vampire voice, like the typical I will give accent. you a million dollars in the rest of the day to try and guess. 
Oh, so it's hard then, huh? It's going to be very boring for everyone listening. It's very bad radio to just have you slowly guess things for a day, but... I'm going to go ahead and just say, tell me. That's a good guess. <laughs> the mom is played by Lauren Graham. What? And the dad is James Vanderbeek. What? <laughs> what? I told you. I love this show. <laughs> what? I don't... Uh, what? <laughs> I know. It was... And, like, listening to it, I could hear Lauren Graham occasionally. I never heard that at all. Well, well, Lauren Graham, for anyone who doesn't know her by name, is Lorelai from the Gilmore Girls. Yes. And James Vanderbeek, for anyone who doesn't know, is Dawson from Dawson's Creek. And also, my favorite character himself in Don't Trust <laughs> Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, which is an amazing show if you haven't seen it. And Hilarious. has Kristen Ritter, who kind of looks like a vampire woman. Who is Jessica Jones, for anyone who doesn't know who she is. But and not she on was that also show, in, on right, Jessica Jones. Right. <laughs> she was also in Veronica Mars and a couple other things. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's and then to to top it off, they also have a a uh, so this is all about you know a spooky vampire family, but they have a gargoyle mm-hmm. in the show that is voiced by Wanda Sykes. Yes. So like, how did they get these people? Is it just because it's Disney? Maybe it's like a community service thing. And why did Doc McStuffins only get that one sort of B level actress, Loretta Divine? Yeah. But nobody else. <laughs> I, or maybe they did, and I just I, I don't, don't know. know if we can really say that James James Vanderbeek is at a higher level than Loretta Devine. Uh, you know what? Fair. Lauren I mean, Graham, I love him, but you're, maybe, that's fair. But James he Vanderbeek. He doesn't do a lot now. You're right. No, no he doesn't. Didn't we see him in some Lauren Graham either, actually. No, Although it? she was in Parenthood. Yeah, and I thought she had another show going on. Does she? Possibly. She was in Bad Santa. <laughs> she was in Bad Santa. <laughs> Wonder if she regrets that decision. <laughs> I regret the decision to watch it. Does that count? I saw that with my dad. That was oh, really awkward. That was that. a weird one to watch in theaters with my dad. I saw, I still remember my friend Dean and I went to the movies with my parents because we were all pals for mm-hmm. some reason in high school. I guess I was that kid. Um, and we went to see Spanglish. Oh. I don't know if you remember that, but there was definitely a couple scenes where I really wish that my parents were not right nearby because that is uncomfortable. I saw Scary Movie with my dad. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I've ever felt more awkward than watching Marlon Wayans get stabbed in the head with a penis. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot. Next to my dad. <laughs> that exact moment is burned in my brain of like, this was a bad call. <laughs> Whatever the two movies we had as options to watch today, we made the wrong one. <laughs> I can see your dad talking about it after Brit and being like, you know what? Everyone has their own thing. It's just not mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't see a scary movie with your parents. <laughs> so wow, Vampirina has yes. a lot of famous people in it. It does. That's impressive. I, I gotta say, like I came away from this show. With not a lot of bad things to say about it. No, I there's could... some... It plays fast and loose with vampire lore, I would say. Yeah, that's fair. This is no, like, interview with a vampire or... It was the one with... Uh, Other vampire. Qu- Queen of Darkness. Queen of Darkness? Queen of the Damned? Queen of the... I was going to say Queen of Satan, but that's the one a stupid with, title. Was it Aaliyah? Yeah, with Aaliyah. Queen yeah, of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. That was about vampires, wasn't it? Hmm. Okay. Was that supposed to be like really well known for its vampire lore? I don't. I just couldn't think of a second vampire oh. movie. Interview <laughs> <laughs> vampire. What was that other one? The, the other famous vampire movie. It's not that one. <laughs> it could be any of the other ones. I. I mean, I guess I'll grant you that. For me, at least, I've always kind of been into the spooky stuff. Not always, always, but, you know, since I was a younger kid, I read a lot of Goosebumps. I read the Fear Street series. I watched Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I love, we were talking about this today. I loved the Be- the Beetlejuice cartoon and movie. I loved the Addams Family. Um, as I got older in high school, my friend Danielle and I would watch horror movies. We would just walk through a movie gallery mm-hmm. and just pick them based on the cover, which is how I saw the Mangler for the first time which is an amazingly bad horror movie about not a laundry a machine kids? that eats people no <laughs> not, not really so anyway this was right up my alley even as an adult because <laughs> oh man there's just there's so many themes and spooky creatures and the house is fantastic yeah i i thought when when i was picking up what we were gonna watch i thought like this is gonna be right up your alley 
Did you? No, that was a lie. <laughs> I thought this will fit the Halloween theme. Uh-huh, that's fair. All right. So, Andrew, why don't you tell us what Vampirina is about? I don't get to tell them about my experience with vampires as a child? No. Okay. That's fair. Do, do you have an experience? with? I mean, I watched Docula. <laughs> and Kid Dracula. <laughs> you don't get to keep going. <laughs> you know, that's really fair. That's the right call. So, yeah, Vampirina has been around for three seasons. It is an Irish-American computer animated show it's on disney it's got the actors we had talked about before about a vampire family who moves from transylvania to pennsylvania because again they rhyme and they have to survive there without letting anyone in the city know that monsters are real because it will scare them and they're on a bed and breakfast that's the way they make their money in pennsylvania i, I don't know if because we didn't see the first episode i don't know if that's why they moved to pennsylvania was to open a bed and breakfast i don't know if they have like some amazing bed and breakfast market there <laughs> they must. It's uh, isn't Pennsylvania one of the states that's really well known for like their Amish country, where you oh, want to like go the there and Dutch get the you know the the furniture and the food and like they're just, it's very touristy for that. I think. So maybe, or I'm making that up. I don't. No, no, that makes sense. That okay. makes sense. Like if if I was a monster living in Transylvania, I would want to fly to the United States and stay in a spooky bed and breakfast in the city to then go drive and buy Gugusberg cheese. Mm-hmm, sure. Vampirina lives with her mom and dad in this bed and breakfast. She has, like, I guess, I don't know if it's a pet ghost or a friend ghost, but there's a ghost that lives there. There's a werewolf that lives there. There's a gargoyle, as we said, voiced by Wanda Sykes that lives there. I just love, as a side note, the fact that a lot of these cartoons have pet characters that are almost always voiced by humans, mm-hmm. and they get an IMDb listing <laughs> for, like... Barking or whatever. <laughs> Howling in this case. Uh, and also you missed that, not in this episode, unfortunately, but apparently her grandmother, I'm guessing, the mm-hmm. Nanpire, is played by Patti Lapone. That would have been an amazing Super thing to famous uh, Broadway actress. Wow. This show is, this, they also have uh, cameos by Donald Faison from Scrubs. I don't find, I didn't find anybody else interesting. <laughs> Just him. Alfred Molina, I guess, did one. Anyway, that's fine. It's all gold. It's all gold. It's gold stated. <laughs> no. So the episode that we watched was season one, episode 24. We picked the episode about Halloween because, again, it's Spooktober, and so it seemed to fit. Double down on her spookiness. Agreed. And it's another one of these shows where it's two stories per episode. First one is called Hauntlyween. I guess that's their last name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is Vampirina. Hauntlyween. Hauntly, rather, not Hauntlyween. Yes. Vampirina Hauntly. And Boris and Oksana Hauntley. They don't use, when they're using like those Russian names, they don't use Oksana enough. No. It's a much better name than Natasha, if you ask me. Yes. But Natasha isn't directly connected to Rocky and Bullwinkle. Right. I feel like that's the connection people just go, I need Russian, it's Rocky and Bullwinkle. It's the right, only yeah. Russian characters that well, have no, been on Well, no, it's usually Boris and Natasha. Well, <laughs> were they yeah. not? I don't think Rocky and Bullwinkle are Russian names. I'm going to be real. So this show opens with a musical um, theme. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's not the worst. I wouldn't call it the best. But it was very musical, like Broadway. Yes, it was. It was actually, I, I guess, now... Thinking about back about it now, it's probably appropriately Disney opening. Yeah, yes, it does have that. And every episode, every story has at least these two did has a song that goes with it, at least one. Yeah, which which I don't think added anything. No, I don't think it was necessary. Yeah, other than now they can sell Vampirina CDs. That's that's what I was wondering. <laughs> that's probably it, but they, I don't think the songs helped or were particularly good. Whereas we've watched some other shows where the songs. May not have helped, but were actually decent music. Right. They didn't forward the plot at all. But I think you're right. I bet you that because Vampirina does show up as a thing that you can select in Spotify Kids. Ah. So I'm wondering if this is that kind of multi-platform. But that's unfortunate here because I, I, you know, as an adult, don't mind watching this show and wouldn't mind that much if our son got into it. But I would mind listening to that music over and over again. It's not a great song. Whereas I feel like some of the other stuff, like uh, I'm trying to remember which ones we've talked about that were decent. I mean, we used to, 
our son used to put on the four songs from Paw Patrol that are available on right. Spotify right. pretty or, regularly. Or like Storybots or Stinky and Dirty. Those are all actu- actually decent music yeah. in addition to be p- being part of the show. This definitely feels like songs from a straight-to-video Disney sequel. Yeah. Like yeah. Jungle Book 2 or something. Right. But about vampire stuff. Or The Lion King 2, which we watched for the first time a couple weeks ago, and that was... Is that, is that Simba's pride? Should not have ever made it to... I'm guessing it went straight to video. Yeah. <laughs> not in theaters because no one wants to see this in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Peter Pan 2 went into theaters. I didn't know there was a Peter Pan 2. I saw it. Return to Neverland. It's bad. <laughs> it's not a great movie. I don't know how it got a theater release. And Return to Jafar didn't. Return to Jafar? Return of Jafar. <laughs> Revenge of Jafar? Aladdin 2. Aladdin 2. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Whatever it's called. It's Hauntleween. And it starts off with Vampirina. This this threw me at first. I was a little disappointed. Because it starts off with Vampirina waking up her parents. And being like, hey, I'm so excited. It's time to do stuff. And her parents are like, what? Why are you excited? What's going on? And she says, it's Halloween. And for a minute, it looked like this was going to be a show where there were spooky people who didn't care about Halloween. Where Halloween wasn't like the biggest night of the year for spooks. And they had to scramble and figure out quickly how to celebrate this human holiday. That could have been interesting. Right. I mean, granted, not that the show wasn't, but now that we're talking about it, watching yeah. vampires and monsters frantically try to figure out how to celebrate Halloween Especially, could have been really fun. Yeah, I feel like it could be hokey. Like, they're like, oh, should we put real eyeballs in the punch? <laughs> and like that sort of thing, you know? <laughs> I guess I should write for the show. You should. Isn't that funny? That was... <laughs> oh, he just used the slime from under the sink. <laughs> just picturing this dad holding a bag of eyeballs. <laughs> what do I do with these? Do I pour it in? Do I not pour it in? <laughs> Where do I get this bag of eyeballs? <laughs> Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. <laughs> the parents were just messing with her and they had been up all night decorating for Hauntly Ween. And it looked awesome. Yeah, it was a really well, well not decorated house. Not only is that house fantastic but they did a really good job with the decorations and it just made me mad that we don't have a big old victorian house that's a little spooky that we can decorate that we can decorate and it also made me miss watching casper which i think we should rewatch. Sometime you know, soon. do you watch do you want to watch the second one casper meets wendy is that a live action it is wendy's played by young hillary duff is it yes who plays Casper? Not Devin Sawa, I'll tell you that. No, no. I don't think he was alive when that movie came out. What? Devin Sawa's still alive. What are you talking about? No, I, well, I always confuse him with the one that's dead. Oh. Brad Renfro. <laughs> he was in Final Destination, but he didn't actually die. It was just a movie. And that wasn't a documentary? No. There were three of them. <laughs> I mean, like those Ken Burns documentaries are like 15 parts. <laughs> so the house is great the decorations are great wanda sykes is a gargoyle they have a light-up dance floor a la michael jackson music video yep that was really cool they they clearly were taking halloween seriously yeah it's pretty great and they weren't like i like that it wasn't like and this is also the night where the veil between our world and the next world like it's just like it was just about monsters enjoying a night being themselves yeah which was cool which was really neat they have a skeleton chef. And this is where we get to our first discussion question. The skeleton chef? Yes. Oh, well, I loved his appetizers. Yes. They, they all lo- looked per they looked as though they would be reproducible by us. Like they weren't extra spooky or made with magic, if you know what I mean. Like you you could be a kid watching this show and say, I want to make that, and you could. Yeah, they look like something that would have been like on a Nerdy Nummies channel or something. Yeah, or at an actual Halloween party where people were tryhards and made really cool appetizers for the the party, which we totally would. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We're not going to make those, though. Is that If you were trying to like butter oh, me up to, to make really cool eyeball cupcakes, it's not going to happen. Well, we would end up eating them all this Halloween anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the first discussion question is about skeletons. Are they spooky? Yes, no. <laughs> and are they great? Yes, no. <laughs> and are there any ethical issues involved in skeletons? <laughs> No. So the skeleton chef was a French skeleton chef. Uh-huh. Did you pick up on that? No, but okay. Yes. He was French. All right. From what I could tell. Yeah. Of like the two lines that he had in the whole show. Sure. Another French skeleton was Jacques Laline from the Beetlejuice cartoon. If you remember him, he was a bodybuilder. Vaguely. Why are skeletons French? 
<laughs> I mean, I guess if you think about the French, have you ever seen a French person with skin? No. <laughs> no. If you think of depictions of people from countries, the French always seem to be very few. Is feudalistic the word? Fatalistic. Doom and gloom. Therefore, skeleton. Or maybe they smoke too many cigarettes and they die. I don't know. He he might have had a... Did he have a cigarette? No, he just had a mustache. No. Also a French thing for some reason. Well, that's... I was going to say, I think it's the mustache. Because there's not much you can do to... But most skeletons don't have mustaches, you would be surprised to find out. Because there's no hair on a skeleton. Well, skeletons also can't bake cupcakes. (laughs) All right, fine. But if, if you wanted to make a skeleton's face a little bit more emotive, give it something more to work with, a mustache is an easy thing to draw on there. I mean... And a mustache is obviously something you'd add to someone to make them look French. That I'll grant you. But as far as being more emotive, A, it's a cartoon. You can draw it however you damn well please. B, Coco made an entire movie full of skeletons. They were all plenty emotive and only like a couple of them had mustaches. Were any of them French? No, I'm pretty sure they were all in the country that it took place in, which I forget right now. Mexico, maybe? Okay. So no French skeletons in Coco? I don't think so. Okay. I only saw it the one time, and I ugly cried during that one part that you guys will know what I'm talking about if you've seen it. Is it when the not-French skeleton brings out the not-French cupcakes, and they're just not as fancy? They're just <laughs> and I like, can't have one, and that's what made me sad. <laughs> they're just regular, boring cupcakes from the grocery store. And I still can't have one. <laughs> And so you didn't just cry. You ugly cried. Yes. Just... Yes. <laughs> I just want that cupcake. <sighs> that ends our first discussion question. <laughs> Good look, I got my answer. Good ending. <laughs> At some point during this, these friends show up. And they're in cute little costumes. I always like in shows when kids are dressed in costumes that look believable as kid costumes. Agreed. Like one of the girls is just kind of wearing like a, a kit kitten a kitten hoodie with a little pajama ears. onesie sort of thing yeah and then she just got the whiskers painted on herself yeah like that's a that's a believable kid's costume yeah and as as is the cowgirl yeah as yeah. Is the cowgirl costume and then a couple minutes later the cowgirl's brother shows up and he is in like a five thousand dollar set of wolfman makeup from like the thriller video just like plaster he looks great yeah but he looks definitely just like a wolf he does not look like he's in a costume at yeah. all and Although his teeth are very clearly painted onto his face. Yes. That at least is semi-legit. And he's there with, is it his mom? Yeah, his mom and the, ju- and the judge of this Halloween haunted house contest that I guess is going on. Did you pick up on the mom's last name? Mrs. Peopleson? I love that the monster's neighbor's name is Peopleson. <laughs> That's great. At one point, Vampirina says that to her friends that stopped by that uh, back in Transylvania, they celebrate Halloween every year. And that Halloween is all about letting monsters celebrate and be themselves. Why do monsters in Transylvania celebrate Halloween? Isn't that? I honestly don't even really know where it comes from. Is it pagan? I think it has something to do with pagans. I don't think pagans were in Transylvania. I could be wrong. But that it seems like a stretch, I guess, since we're no longer suspending our disbelief for a minute here. <laughs> and the theme song of the show discusses how V came from Transylvania, where monsters were everywhere and normal, and monsters were monsters all the time. Right. So why would you need to have a special day in Transylvania where monsters can be themselves? Yeah, would that be like us celebrating like... Human Day. Or like boring white people america day where we like put easy cheese on hot dogs and i, th- I think that's just fourth of crackers. july oh. i think fourth of july is just boring white people america day <laughs> i was trying to think of like the shittiest white people food that we've invented that just like <laughs> something in the midwest jiff some sort of casserole yeah all those disgusting um 1970s housewife things oh, that it's, like it's jello with ham tuna jello in it. molds it's, it's tuna wiggle <laughs> Tuna wiggle and easy cheese. Why does it wiggle? Why would? You, why is that something you'd want? I also have. I don't know if you remember going through my Nana's stuff. I found a peanut butter recipe book. Yes, and not probably less than half of them are sweet recipes. Yeah, they were like peanut butter burgers and peanut butter steak. Yeah, it was not. 
I can't imagine that they're good. We should probably try one just for science at some point. But let's do that when the hospitals are easier to get in that full of disease. <laughs> because like, I feel like if I'm slathering peanut butter on a steak. Yeah, it's 2020. We're not going to try to overload a hospital because we decided to try some old ass <laughs> recipe out of a 1970s cookbook. Good plan. Good plan. <laughs> the Peoplesons from next door and the judge from the Halloween house costume thing. Halloween house. Ha- haunted house. That's what they're called. Yep. The haunted house judge. Jesus, that was a tough one to get out. The haunted house judge come inside the party and Vampirina is very concerned that they're going to realize that there are monsters there. But it's well, Halloween, so they get away with it. At first, she was concerned about people coming door to door trick or treating. But then it turns out that it's a haunted house contest. Therefore, yep. they would be coming inside. And no one else comes trick-or-treating the entire episode. Did you mention that the the party is nothing but her two people, her two human friends, and a bunch of monsters? I did not. Oh, okay. So this party is full of monsters. Yeah. Which is the main problem. Yes. But it's not a problem because Mrs. Peopleson and Judge, whose name might have been Kelly. Mrs. Meyer, I believe it was. I wasn't even close. Miss Meyer. (laughs) I don't think we got to first names. I could be wrong. I know her better than you do. (laughs) I call her Kelly. Miss Meyer, the judge, and Miss Peopleson are just kind of hanging out. There's a ghost playing EDM as yep. a DJ. And there's a weird amazing. ghoul that's super into it. Like, he's the party ghoul. Yeah, he was like a, a super bro buff uh, CrossFit Frankenstein. Yep. That's what I would call him. He had like the... <laughs> he the, had the Kanye glasses the on. The Kanye glasses, yeah. <laughs> and a little hat. And he was super into the party. This This show is very hep. It's very modern. <laughs> also, what is Miss People's a- Peoplesons accent? It it sounded like she was from Fargo, but not. It was it was a mixture. It was deaf. There was a little bit of like Northwest or not Northwest, sorry, Midwest, um, and a little bit of something else, and then also no accent randomly. I I couldn't tell. Her voice is done by Cree Summer Franks who you may know as Penny from Inspector Gadget, as Elmira from Tiny Toons. No way! Yep, as Susie from Rugrats. Wow! Yeah, as Cleo the Poodle in Clifford the Big Red Dog, which wow. I totally see now that I'm reading it here, um, and a bunch of other people. She was in Barbie as Rapunzel, you're my favorite. <laughs> I have now forgot what character we're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to picture it, and now I have no idea who it is. Miss Peopleson. Oh! But also Miss Meyer, also done by Cree Summer. Oh, wow. So that's two different. That's, she's talented. Good job, Cree. Man, whew. I guess in the long run, the humans come in to judge the, the house for the haunted house contest and just assume that everybody else is in costume and end up having a good time. Then someone's at the door. And who is it? Some doctor dude and it's pet dragon. And I totally want a pet dragon. Yeah, that dragon was adorable. Yeah. Bronson? Brockner? Brockner. Was it Brockner? I don't know. We're going to go Brogan? No, I think it was Brockner. Brosidon? (laughs) Bront? It's not Bront. (laughs) Let's go with Brockner. Pick any one of those. Brockner. Good. (laughs) He's adorable. Uh, His favorite uh, pastimes are smoke ring origami and giving people rides. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> the show is made for you. It's it's your style of cuteness throughout. It really is. So that's the, the newest uh, low stakes issue where they're <laughs> concerned. Well, I guess they might believe all these monsters are people in costumes, but they're certainly not going to miss a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> but then that gets very easily solved. But first they try to hide the dragon oh, by yes. putting him upstairs in Vampirina's room. But he's got allergies, so he sneezes and gives himself up. <laughs> dragon sneezing was too much for you, wasn't it? <laughs> I loved it. So they take him into the backyard. But then they announce that. To hide him, I yes. guess I should say. The the dad announces that they're gonna, the band that's come to the party is going to play a set in the backyard. Oh, no. How did they take the dragon out there and completely miss the stage? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Vampirina's eight years old. All right. She's not meant to be observant. Is that what you're saying? No, no. Because okay. our son's four, and so she would be twice as observant as he is. Right. Because okay. of math. All right. And I think we could build a stage in our backyard, and it would take our son three to four days to realize. 
Sure. They take the dragon back there and then they immediately realize, oh no, we still have the same problem that we have a dragon. And they solve this very easily by making a little robot hat for him to make him look like a mechanical <laughs> dragon. And the dragon just plays along with it. Yeah, he was great. And the gargoyle is hiding up like in a treehouse, playing robot noises on its phone through a speaker, like an old Victrola yeah. speaker, so that it sounds like the dragon's making robot noises. It was pretty adorable. Good episode. Yeah. Or segment, whatever. So I've got I've got a... Two more discussion questions for this episode. Oh, God. Okay. I know. Well, you know what? We'll save one to the end. But so many. What did you think of the moral of this episode that, quote, we can just be ourselves when the whole episode is wrapped in the caveat of so long as no one knows you're actually being yourself while you do it? <laughs> I would say that's not very much of a moral at all. <laughs> I'd say it's a pretty crappy moral. Yep. 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 Be yourself, kids, as long as everyone thinks you're just kidding. Yep. Or or be yourself as long as it's the self that everyone expects you to be and not the self that you actually are. And the self that people will only put up with for one day. Yeah. Because if you keep being be that tomorrow. Of because apparently you're scary. Even though these are absolutely adorable monsters yeah. and no one would be terrified of them. Not at all. Everyone would be so excited to see that dragon. Yeah, absolutely. And it also seems like Vampirina is herself all the time anyways. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because she always has fangs. She's always purple. Yeah. She always has bat pigtails. Those bat pigtails are pretty great. Yeah, they are. Agreed. We move on to segment two, titled Frankenflower. So Vampirina and her friends are sitting in their uh, breakfast nook. They have one of those cool, like, half moon booth yeah, those things are really in the I kitchen. Very this jealous house of that. is so cool, man. Ugh. Um, <laughs> You've got house envy of Vampirina. I Vampire love this Rina. cartoon house. <laughs> Uh, so they're sitting at this booth and Vampirina brings them both drinks. <laughs> I forget the name of the girl. One of them's Bridget. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other one who's not the scaredy cat. Bridget. Sure. Bridget. So Bridget nonchalantly takes an eyeball out of the cup and puts it on the counter. Almost like, oops, you forgot this in here. <laughs> you forgot I don't like eyeballs. <laughs> Let me just take this out for you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the one that doesn't like eyeballs. Bridget's the one that likes eyeballs. It's kind of rude that you keep me, but it's fine. You're new. They're sitting there at this breakfast nook talking about how there's going to be an invention fair at school and they all need to come up with inventions for the invention fair. Well, Vampirina does because apparently the other two already know theirs because it's tomorrow. <laughs> and they've already got their ideas down. And this brings us to our first discussion question of this episode. Is an invention fair a good idea for eight-year-olds? Is that a reasonable thing to expect eight-year-olds to be able to do for a school assignment? Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for participating in our discussion question. <laughs> I mean, you theoretically, at how old are you, or what grade are you in at eight? How old are you at eight? <laughs> oh. I think when I was eight. Oh, God. <laughs> 87, 88, 89. I was eight years old. Uh -huh, uh -huh, okay. So... You're five in kindergarten, so you're third grade. Sure. Ish. Yeah. Um, I feel like as long as you're having science and humanities, or I don't know, like <laughs> general studies. <laughs> oh, God, it's been so long since I was in school. What was going on with school in Maine? <laughs> <laughs> well, third grade, sign up for your humanities credit. <laughs> Your general studies credit. <laughs> All right, fine. As long as you're having science and maybe you've learned about Albert Einstein, which I feel like is fair for third grade, mm -hmm. learn who he is in history and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's not out of the realm of possibility to invent something. I mean, if you think about it, our kid right now can invent stories off the top of his head, multiple different ones. It's not that far of a leap to say, do you want to invent something? And then work with him to come up with because you're also if you're eight you're getting your parents help your parents are helping you with your homework they're hopefully not doing it for you but they're helping so you could say i want to bring dead flowers back to life and then normal parents would say that's a bad idea you can't do that and help you come up with something better <laughs> but that wasn't what happened here <laughs> i'm just i'm thinking back to the kind of things that i i invented in hugest air quotes possible invented I don't know if any of them would have been practical to display at a fair at a school. But I think you're you're over-engineering it. This is just, you know, it's it's like a, a learning thing. I don't think it has to, it doesn't have to, clearly, it doesn't have to work. It just needs to be something that was unique and creative and that you attempted. Like most science fairs, actually. I feel like 
a lot of the science fairs I knew about and even the one I participated in, like my hypothesis that I had didn't even work out to be true, but I went through the process and I presented on it. I guess. I'm just like, it's. I guess it's the fact that it's third grade that's really throwing me because I'm thinking back, like, I remember drawing a picture of a car that I said ran on peanut butter. <laughs> and my dad asked me, well, like, how does it work? Oh, well, here's where you put the peanut butter in. And then here's the tube that takes to the engine. And the peanut butter powers the engine. And then it goes forward. And I feel like you're not that far off, though, because isn't there cars run by peanut and vegetable oil? Not made by third graders. Well, no, but I just you I, came up with that is my point. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that far off from a thing that already exists. But, and you were only in. But I, but I didn't come up with it. Like, I said, there's the engine where the peanut butter. Like, <laughs> I could it runs on Legos. Well, how? Well, here's where you put the Legos. And there's the engine that turns the Legos into forward movement. Well, how does the engine work? Oh, you know, it just... Goes. Engine stuff, <laughs> like that's not a pre- that's not a presentable. That's just me shoving peanut butter into a Tonka truck and putting it in front of a tri- trifold board. <laughs> but again, you would be getting your dad's help in this case, right? I think my so dad he... would have just sighed. <laughs> Why don't you ask him? <laughs> I remember him asking me how the engine worked. And me just, well, because the peanut butter goes in it, and then it <laughs> goes around, and then it what, Andy? Ah. Uh, uh, Got me there. Got, got me there, Dad. <laughs> so at this point, I feel Vampirina's problem because she has no ideas. Mm-hmm. And that is a very common thing for me throughout my educational career and adult career in general, where when given the opportunity to do literally anything, I can come up with nothing. And so neither can she. So she conveniently has her gargoyle pet friend whatever Wanda Sykes's character is supposed to be pop up and say oh I just happen to have this book of an an inventor's book a monster inventor um, that you can you know leaf through and see what you want to do so not only does she go through this book and take someone else's idea which I didn't love And, and no one called her out on that yeah but it requires monster magic to work which is cheating right so she double cheated. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't love that bit. And she had the gargoyle helper, which isn't the same thing as having your parents help you because they're like it's not her guardian technically, but like she had an adult helper. Yeah, which is that that part didn't bother me. And the, again, they're eight. I don't know. It just seems like she cheated three times. I really wish they had made a bigger deal of the fact that they did that she did not come up with an idea on her own and she completely stole someone else's work and waited until less than twenty four hours. <laughs> Yeah. Before the event to come up with one. And only succeeded by accident. Yeah. Bad moral for the second one. I want to point out that she spends a lot of time working on this box, as and she refers to the invention as a box that brings dead flowers to life. The <laughs> box is just a box with sparkly suns and moons and lightning bolts on it. It looks like a magician's prop. She, she, or, so that was like the one part that she did herself and created herself with no help and no ideas from a book. Well, she was the box. No, because the book, the... The, oh, you're right. The picture had the damn box. With it the, just didn't have the sparkles oh on God. it. So That's her right. idea was to put sparkles on the box that doesn't do anything. Like, it very much looked like a magician's prop. Yeah. That she put the thing into and then poured magic juice on, which that's the invention. Right. Is the magic monster juice, which doesn't work. They Yeah. They, she even points out in the notebook that the inventor, Frank L. Stein, not to be confused with Frankenstein. Or R.L. Stein. <laughs> or R.L. Stein, um, has never figured out this invention. So not only is it stupid that she's taking an invention directly from somebody else's book, but it doesn't work. And she knows that up front. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like she she has like a, it's not like she has a background or an aptitude for magical life sciences. Like, like it didn't seem like she understood the potion she was making. Yeah. And would know how to tweak it to make it work. It's just, I'm not believing this storyline is what I'm saying. I just I don't buy it. So there's a really cool part where the camera essentially stands in one spot and then spins around and it's one smooth shot. Mm. I don't know. It just it was a nice touch that I wouldn't have expected. Yeah. And they, they didn't use at any other point either. They did they did a good job setting like it wasn't it wasn't as boring visually as something like word party was right like this was actually like it was fun to watch yeah. visually everything looked nice as you said the house looked really cool even the classroom that they're in 
was well decorated and had stuff in the background. They didn't. They didn't half-ass any of the animation. Yeah, that's or the worst. The, the, I don't know if this this would be concerned if this would be something a DP would work on, like a director <laughs> of photography, if it's a a cartoon. But it seems all very well thought out. Yes, the artists and animators were very conscientious of the world that they were building. And it reminded me a lot of Paw Patrol in that way, where yeah. like everything felt like it was taking place in a world and not in discrete places and or like oh i have this storyline and now i just have to create some sort of background for it and that's the end of that like like with caillou or word party right so she's very upset that she can't get this potion to work and so she's basically brought to the invention fair a dead flower and a sparkling magician box right and that's not really a good invention to show off no then she gets the thought of maybe if i give it some sunlight because that's what flowers need they need food they need dirt Water, magical monster plant food, and sunlight. Which, rightly, probably wasn't a common thing in Transylvania, which is typically full of vampires and monsters who don't really go out in the sun. So I get that. This brings me to my second discussion question. Third. Of the episode. (laughs) So there. What are the rules of being a vampire in this world? Oh, uh... Because she very clearly interacts with sunlight. Yep. And she's also out during the daytime with her parents. They don't appear to drink any blood. They don't sleep in coffins because they. she has a bed in her bedroom and her parents are in a bed. She can turn into a bat, but yep. that's not really a rule so much as a thing that you can do, I guess. No one attempts to kill them, so we can't really go based on any of the steak through the heart or garlic or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know if there are any rules. <laughs> Not as far as I could see based on these episodes, I guess. Maybe there are ones where there is a, you know, a kid vampire hunter that tries to track him down and kill her, but... I doubt that. That would be pretty fun, though. If you guys have more info on how this world works for vampires, let us know, because we are confused. If, yeah, if you've got any sources of, like, good deep lore dives into Vampirina... Please keep the fanfic to yourself. Yeah. Yes, please. But, you know, just like a good Vampirina wiki that we could... could bone up on would be very helpful so the sunlight helps the flower and it blooms and stays blooming this time and begins to sing an aria (laughs) that was a weird choice (laughs) it reminded me of and maybe ripped off a little bit the uh the frog in looney tunes there's a term for it and i can't remember it but the hello my baby hello my honey frog yeah that will sing and dance until you're staring at it, effectively. Yeah, until you want to show it off to someone else. Yeah, uh, except that this flower kept singing and singing and singing and couldn't really be shut up despite holding its petals shut and all that. And pouring water into its mouth. Yeah, <laughs> then it just gurgled while singing. And they try to mask the facts that it's singing by just singing a song that was something like, I love inventing, dot, da 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 <laughs> For an extended period of time. Easily like two or three minutes of just, I love inventing, da, 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 over and over again. The other inventions in the science fair, invention fair, were actually pretty great and mm. accurate, kind of like the costumes like you talked about for yes. kid inventions. There was a automatic pancake flipper. That one was really cool. That reminded me of, was it, is it Pee-wee's, great, or Pee-wee's Big Adventure where he has the, the robot hands making him breakfast in the morning? I have no idea, but that sounds great. We should get that. I think that also might be the opening to Flubber. (laughs) Oh my God, Flubber. Yeah, that's one that doesn't hold up. And it also wasn't good when it came out. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, So there was that. (laughs) There is um, the little brother who makes a lizard-powered light bulb. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a lizard running on a hamster wheel. Except Um, it doesn't run on the hamster wheel because it's super tired because it's a lizard. Right. Uh, The girl, Brodgett, whose name we can't remember. We probably could have looked it up by now, but this is funnier. No, it's Brodgett. <laughs> uh, she creates um, two sprays to attract and repel her baby brother, or little brother. Um, one smells like pizza to attract him, and the other one smells like flowers to repel him. And the favorite, my favorite, and the winner was uh, Bridget's project, which was basically just like a pillow that you can hug. Um, but it, it hugs you back. Does it? Yes. Does it actively? 
there were a couple of times where she hugged it. She got scared and she hugged it. And it looked like the arms kind of closed around her neck a little bit. Oh, interesting. I was kind of thinking it was one of those, you know, how you can take a sweatshirt and just sew up all the openings and stuff it with stuffing. Like mm. that sort of thing. Um, but, oh, well, if that's the case, then it definitely deserved to win. But I, I thought that was a really, those are all really good kid inventions. And I probably would have also, as an adult, judging an invention fair, picked the hugging thing. I think that the automatic pancake flipper was more impressive than the lizard light. Yes. Because lizard light. I yeah, feel the like... fact that that got third place was kind of lame. Yeah, because like the automatic pancake flipper, they show it like it's rotating around and like she involved heating elements in the whole thing. Like, that, that was an involved thing. Yeah. And the lizard, he had to, like, coax it to run on the hamster wheel in the first place. Yeah, and that's just kind of like a little motor. And I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend I understand how electronics work, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, like, some gifted kid's toy store would have most of the pieces you'd need to build that. Yeah. The moral of this episode was a good one, which made up, sort of, for the fact that the middle was so bad about her just completely ripping off someone else's invention which was that inventions and inventors have a lot of stumbles and you should try and be creative and like that's the important part of the process of the invention process and i would say the science process you know the the scientific method it's and, trying and testing things and figuring out what works. And you're very likely to stumble if you just rip off someone else's idea and give them no credit and just <laughs> steal from them entirely and do no real work of your own. Yes. Yeah. That you may mm -hmm. find it difficult to, to make the most of the invention because you didn't actually do any of the legwork. The science teacher did not relay that piece of it, but I agree. I, I do, and I wrote this down so you know that I feel it seriously. V wins a creativity award. She gets an award for how creative her idea was. And it, it, it actually bothered me that it was a stolen idea. Yeah. She shouldn't have won an award. Yep. Like he could have made a con. Yeah, no, I don't. She shouldn't have gotten anything from the stolen idea. I have a discussion question that I just made up. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that a Troll 2 reference? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Does it make a difference if Frank L. Stein is dead and not a published or well-known inventor i think that makes it worse it does so is even though it was a rando guy who lived long in the past it makes him her stealing his idea is worse i think that that vampirina just because it's not like she took the idea and tried to figure it out herself right like if she if frank elstein had said like hey i tried to bring a flower back to life and it didn't work and she said, oh, bringing flowers back to life would be cool. I wonder how you could do that. And went off in her own way. Fine. I'd be fine with that. But she literally just did what he said to do. She she even talks about how he she needs to follow his instructions. Right. So she didn't do any work. Yeah. Or at the very least, this isn't an invention. It, I suppose he could have done it for a science project. For but, a science project, it would have been great. But right. this is an invention. And she won an award for creativity. Right. Yeah, and that was She didn't was not invent anything. She used monster magic to cheat at it. So, yeah, I would say that it's worse. That's fair. Slightly related mm -hmm. and definitely spooky. There is a cool program, or was a cool program? I'm not really sure if it still exists, called Dollar Babies. Do you know about this? No, I don't. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the name. <laughs> I feel like I'm <laughs> ruining this already. But um, Stephen King will sell his... I don't know if it's his screenplays. I don't know how many of those he writes himself uh, or book concepts or whatever to students. I don't know if it's just at the University of Maine or if it's any college student. I apologize. <laughs> I'm really ruining this. Anyway, long story short, college students from certain places or all places, who knows, uh, can take <laughs> Stephen King's stories and turn them into movies. Or they can't. For a dollar. Or more. <laughs> so he will sell them the rights so they can make a student film. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I just remember hearing about this in film class in college, and <laughs> no, I think I think I've read that as well. That he that if you are making a student film or you're like a first time independent filmmaker, he will sell you the rights to use one of his like lesser known or currently like probably unused. not it, probably not The Shining. Yeah, but like some of the stuff that I think he like, wrote as uh, like uh, Tom Gordon, Girl Who Loves Tom Gordon, or whatever. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. That he'll he'll sell he'll sell you 
the, he has a lot like, of short stories. That was would probably be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot. And, and a lot of them are really good. Probably very filmable mm. as a student or not. Shout out to Stephen King. Or someone else. <laughs> you suck. Or don't. Get off my podcast. <laughs> so we kind of already talked about the morals in the discussion questions throughout. But do you have any final thoughts? Is there anything you'd change about Vampirina? Do you feel like it's a good show for kids? I I don't think I change much other than you know the questionable morals of of that last segment. Um I think it's it's a good show for kids. I personally am a fan of introducing kids into some spooky elements because mm-hmm. I feel like there are a lot of things kids are afraid of because of lack of exposure because parents a lot like us have no idea what their kids are capable of or can be exposed to at what age or at what time until you randomly find out. And therefore we probably treat them too much with kid gloves with certain things. And if you don't introduce your kids to party ghouls at a young age where they can become comfortable with them by the time they become adults and run into party ghouls in their daily life, they're not ready for them. And they'll get addicted. And they'll get addicted or they'll misuse them (laughs) or they'll just kind of like run away and cry, which is embarrassing in like a work environment. But I feel like I, so I had to stumble upon spooky stuff myself because my parents weren't really into that. And I, I was really afraid of a lot of things for a long time. Now, granted, you know, fast forward this many years later, I realized how very anxious of a child I was. And it was probably mostly that. But I also feel like if my, if I had had more access to some spooky stuff early on, I might've gotten into it even sooner. And, and things might have been a little different for me. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Kids, there's a lot of cool stuff that's in spooky stuff yeah. that kids can enjoy. Yeah. Vampires are really cool if you ignore the parts where they ruin your soul and make you into a husk of a dead person and right. drink blood and all and the it, sex stuff. It also makes for easier kid show writing because you can take all the lore that already exists and just turn it cutesy and give it silly plot lines. So yeah, I don't think I changed much. I I didn't mind the show at all and wouldn't be sad if our kids started watching it. Do you have any other spooky show recommendations or you want to tell us how to pronounce Vampirina? I've been saying it like that all night. Or Or if you want to just talk to me about Duckula. If you want to talk about Duckula (laughs) or Queen of the Damned, because (laughs) that's the other movie that we would think of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or anything else for that matter. You can email us at screentimeiscanceled at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at STIC Podcast. Thanks. Bye. Boo. Screen Time is Cancelled is written and produced by your host, Andrew and Alan. Our theme music is Winner Winner by Kevin McLeod. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you!